Turns out he's a major cinephile. They don't watch enough movies! It's a very simple formula! And here we go. It's early September, and you know what that means, especially for Knickknack Goes to the Movies, the podcast for all things spooky and festively fun. Time to look at all of the October Halloween Network marathons that we know so far to get ready for the spookiest month of the year. And while we have a new Halloween movie to look forward to in theaters soon enough, let's see what our network and streaming services have in store for us. For the purposes of this episode, we will look at Freeform's 31 Nights of Halloween, the first week that we have of AMC's Fear Fest, and part two of the Amazon Prime anthology series, Welcome to the Blumhouse. So turn the lights down low, get some pumpkin or apple cider muffins, and get ready for a frightful fun time. So of course we gotta start with Freeform's 31 Nights of Halloween's full schedule. There are 10 chances to watch Hocus Pocus. I recommend as usual, end cap the season with Hocus Pocus October 1st at 9pm and October 31st at 9.20. We gotta wait another year before we can see if Hocus Pocus 2 is a worthy sequel and successor or if we'll have to ignore it and just stick with the OG film. But I will be optimistic here, or try to be. I know it's new for me. Normally pessimistic Nick over here. Now having just seen Fright Night with Colin Farrell and more, this vampire movie that I will talk about more than once in this episode is definitely worth a watch on October 4th at 8.30 p.m. It's a very fun, quirky horror movie that is perfect for this marathon. It might be a bit more than some of the super family-friendly ones, but it feels right at home in this grouping. Speaking of family-friendly, <laughs> you have Shrek a few times here. Not a Halloween movie. No doubt. In this marathon, it goes one, two, four. So we're missing three, which I don't remember if three is good or bad or not. But I know Shrek 1 and Shrek 2 are the clearly two good films. And it's probably just it. That's anything that any of us need. Might as well stick with the later one, knowing that we don't need Shrek Forever After. You can do uh, October 25th. Start a little Shrek soiree. Yes, both of these days do fall on weekdays, but if you stick with the October 25th one, you can start it at 5 p.m. and end it around 9 p.m. before Shrek Forever After starts. With the latest Ghostbuster movie coming in November 7th, somehow not in October along with the latest Resident Evil reboot, October 7th can be a blast that is indeed from the past with a marathon of the OG duology starting at 6 p.m. with the original Ghostbusters film and Ghostbusters 2 kicking off at 8.30 p.m. Not a huge fan of the soft reboot sequel and I think this seemingly is going to ignore those when we see Ghostbusters Afterlife so you can probably ignore it anyway. Probably the biggest surprise this year from Freeform's 31 Nights of Halloween like Scream was last year but this feels even more wild. It does fall on Monday, October 11th, but there is somehow an Alien Marathon of the only two films you need to see in the franchise, Alien and Aliens. And it kicks off right at the end of the workday. So come on home and be ready at 5.05 for Sigourney Weaver and feel a special kind of way deep down in your chest. (laughs) Horror references, am I right? I may not be as high on Casper as other Halloween classics, even with the classic Ghostbusters nod it has. But if you want it, 
get after it on October 18th. I know, another Monday. Somehow these are all falling on Mondays at 8.30 p.m. There is somehow only one Halloween town this time around. So if you want to watch as part of the marathon, you can definitely do it on Saturday, October 23rd at 4 p.m. Of course, you could watch this, Hocus Pocus, and more on Disney Plus to make the marathons on your own time. But we'll get to that in the omission shortly. Having just seen it on a whim on HBO Max, if you want some Neve Campbell but want a breather from your 100th Scream Marathon, you could try this totally 90s film, The Craft, all about gothic teen witches and the price of power. It's a campy, cheesy, fun, witch thing movie that we get. A little bit of high school drama in there too. Once again, perfect for this marathon and for Freeform as a whole. Now, I don't get why there's so much Maleficent on here. I get that the Adams Family probably needs to be on here, but it's on here way too much. I don't know if I really get Men in Black. I don't really need Hotel Transylvania, but it is seasonal, so I get it. It's fine being there once, just not my cup of tea. But we definitely don't need Monsters, Inc. But here it comes, the omissions list, and it's a doozy. How can we still, for the second year in a row, not get a Haunted Mansion on here? You could definitely Disney Plus it. And yes, there is a new one coming with Owen Wilson soon, so wow. I know the Halloween Town sequels drop off hard after the second, Calabar's Revenge, and super hard after the third one, which I don't remember, it's like the foreign exchange student one. But the first three are fun enough. I know the fourth one does itself a huge disservice by getting rid of the main uh, girl who plays Marnie, but like these should all be together at least once. That's the one of the top two bread and butter things for this whole uh, event, this whole marathon. So that doesn't feel too wild. I don't think I'm out of line saying this, right? Heck no. This is some more multiversal madness. We will quickly find out the answer of what if Freeform missed out on an easy home run and drew more fans away from the marathon and just to Disney+. Plus. I also feel like we really need these live-action Scooby-Doo movies with Scream alum Matthew Lillard. They may not be AFI Top 100 movies, but they're super fun and festive. Thankfully, they are both still on HBO Max, and I will for sure be watching both when October rolls around. The Twitch's sequel is pretty bad, but the first one is pretty right-on-brand and fun enough. You gotta put at least the duology one of these 31 days, another miss. And as usual... Yes, I have been rewatching all the Harry Potters with their recent addition back to HBO Max. Still have to do the back three. These are just great seasonal movies for September, back to school, October, Halloween, November, a little bit of Thanksgiving in there, and a little bit of wintry mix for December. They have all the fun season stuff, so just get them on there somehow. Also, my last big irksome element, everyone will have their... You know, Frankenweenie, Coraline, Corpse Bride things. But the OG one of these has to be Nightmare Before Christmas. It is so crucial to, like, the the whole Disney Halloween festiveness. And same thing, you can throw it on this, and you can throw it on 25 Days of Christmas. But this is a true travesty. Gotta have it on Freeform. I guess you could get a Beetlejuice on there, too. I only saw it for the first time last year. So I'm not as attached to as the others, but it was pretty fun. And while I'm down to watch those Shrek movies, having not seen them in ages, I am fully aware and I fully agree those are not Halloween movies. I want to see them, but like Monsters, Inc., they have no business being on this list. 
So I haven't dug into the AMC Fear Fest too much. It's their, you know, answer to the a darker version of, you know, what Freeform brings in a monster movie marathon. Even though its first iteration actually started a year earlier called Monster Fest in 1997. 31 Nights of Halloween actually began as 13 Days of Halloween in 1998. But while this history lesson is another fun fact this podcast may have dropped on you, dropping some knowledge, back in discussion with all the school stuff again, let's focus on the future and see what fun scares AMC will dole out on us this year. This should be stated, we only have the first week of programming as of the recording of this episode. So think this as more of a tease as opposed to the other two program blocks we are talking. And I'm very excited to see what we have coming up. I know there's a big omission for Friday the 13th, and I'm assuming Nightmare on Elm Street, Hellraiser, all the usuals will be back on here in some capacity. And of course, The Walking Dead will be littered throughout this month. New episodes and re-airs aplenty as AMC's horror show that they can kind of keep doling out on. So, October 1st kicks off around noon, and honestly, I'm all about the Friday the 13th series, but the re-airs of, at this point, just the 2009 remake film, it's a bit disappointing. Instead, think of week one as the perfect time to watch the Halloween movies. Now, you know my opinion on the awful Rob Zombie remakes, as well as the super out-of-left-field season of The Witch. Which Def had a bit of a nod in the latest trailer for the new Halloween, with those silver shamrock masks making an appearance. Fun fact, the non-red-band version of the trailer is about as disappointing as you would think it would. It almost didn't make sense to have it. So, here's what I'm thinking for a watch schedule. Chris in your October on Friday the 1st with Halloween and Halloween 2, the originals, starting at 6 p.m. and ending around 11. Now, you could do four of these back-to-back and keep going all the way till maybe 3 to 4 a.m. into October 2nd, but if you can have a lazy Sunday, might as well wait till 11 a.m. and start the day late, kick it off with Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers, and Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers, a movie that I have talked about being quite rubbish with the stupid cop sound effects and overall it doesn't make a ton of sense even though i love to have as much donald pleasant as we can now there is no halloween six in this the curse of michael myers it's a bit of a weird entry with all the cult stuff and i do believe the director's cut is better but that movie had paul rudd give it to us amc now there's no way yet to watch halloween resurrection halloween h2o 20 years later in the proper order with this in mind, you can definitely do split them up. Resurrection on October 2nd at 7 p.m. and save H2O, easily the better of the two, even if it doesn't have karate fighting, Busta Rhymes, on Sunday, October 3rd at 4.41 p.m. Weird time, I know. That covers the Halloween fix in as close of a normal order as possible. If you really want the 09 Friday the 13th in there, you can add a bit if you aren't working or studying or whatnot on October 1st at 4 p.m. There's no great time to do Annabelle being at 11 a.m. on October 4th and 5th, both weekdays, but that seems to be the only Conjuring movie available for now. You can take it or leave it. I still can't tell you to take it or leave it with pickles dipped in mustard. Fingers crossed Kate and I will let you know eventually. You know, we gotta make a verdict. Now, if you want a true classic, you gotta get your fix on October 6th. Yes, this is a Wednesday. But Night of the Living Dead from 1990 has a pretty sweet time slot at 9 p.m. It may not be one of the original three Romero flicks, but 
Tom Savini, yes, one of the great members of the whole Friday the 13th franchise, made a pretty quality remake of the iconic zombie entry into the annals of cinema history with the you're coming to get you, Barbara, and all that stuff. You could try and squeeze Land of the Dead in October 5th, but 9am on a weekday seems a bit early for this. Now you can totally watch the first three screams on Thursday the 7th. I mean, we never get four in seemingly any marathon, unfortunately, and Scream 3 is super out of order at 12.15pm. But I guess 3 was always a little weird with the slightly supernatural element with the whole dream sequence. It never really made sense. When the first one ends, the second one picks up right at 10.30. So you can just watch the classics starting at 8 p.m. And look, I love all these movies, but I get it. That 1 and 2 will always feel a little better. But you got some fun to get you almost into the weekend. The final day listed has a lot of final destination. The order is once again a bit messed up. It got really close starting with Final Destination 5, which technically is a prequel to the whole franchise. But then it has the fourth entry, the Final Destination, wedged in between the original three. You know, they're available in the order that makes sense. So you could start a mismatched five-film marathon starting at 12 p.m., going till maybe 10. Or you could skip four and five and start the final marathon at 4 p.m., which seems much more doable. One or two are probably fun enough. Those have the Ali Larder ones, so there feels like there's a little bit of continuity beside, of course, Candyman himself, Tony Todd. And look, those are definitely the fun ones that people think of. The original plane parts and the big log road traumatizing scene. The theme park one always comes off as a bit goofy and 4 and 5 really add to the nonsense a bit. I wish I could give you more of these, but sadly that's all the info I have. This episode was more spurned on by Freeform's full massive schedule, something they continue to beat AMC to. I like playing these things out, and the more notice I have for the entire month of October, the better, but... I will try and get at least the calendar schedule graphic out once we have the entire Fear Fest lineup. So I wanted to conclude with Welcome to the Blumhouse Part 2, Amazon Prime's second group of four films in the series. I was super late with my first podcast episode on Part 1. Not gonna lie, it wasn't the strongest series of scary movies. The lie was not very good and a bit generic. Black Box was fun, but like a worse version of the very strong Get Out, but with more sci-fi thrown in there evil eye was fun enough of a concept but never quite stuck the landing only nocturne really hit the mark for me and while there were some similarities to the setup at least of the pll spin-off series that was not really great the perfectionist i don't even remember that what actually happened beside i think a and mona are both in it but you know other than that the supernatural and very dark nature of the film really stood out for me so while not perfect, there were moments. So hopes aren't high for Welcome to Bloom House 2021, but let's keep an open mind as we talk about what we know so far. There was a trailer, so you can know a little bit, and there's some write-ups. Let's dive in. Two movies will release October 1st, two will release October 8th. So fairly quickly into the month of horror, we will be all caught up and can really dive into these. I'm pretty sure I weekend marathoned these last time they came out, and I have to say the trailers make all these feel more supernatural we really only felt that with nocturne so yes i am in general more excited for what we have on tap so october 1st we will get bingo hell sounds so dumb it's something about a supernatural bingo hall killing people at a senior home 
like weirdly I'm fairly into it and I kind of expect this to be like one of those camptastic horror films that is equal parts gory and goofy you will also see Black's Night which once again fairly into having just I know I literally talked about it earlier in the episode but just today saw Fright Night from 2011 with Anton Yelchin, Colin Farrell, David Tennant, Imogdan Potts, Dave Franco, and Christopher Mintz-Plasse. I'm clearly into vampire things. That and like the Netflix vampire plane thing with Dominic Purcell. Of course, the FX Hulu masterclass in weird humor, what we do in the shadows. More vampire things are great. Heck, Vampires vs. Bronx I saw last year and I had a blast with that too. And I just recently watched both 30 Days of Night and Daybreakers. Wow, I got sidetracked talking about a bunch of vampire things that seemingly maybe I should have done an episode on. But this looks less jokey and more actual horror slash dark humor. There's also going to be some social commentary taking place in New Orleans post-Hurricane Katrina. The setting is super interesting from a vampire set up with the historic French Quarter. There could be some interesting historical ties making vampires seem built into the everyday world. I will continue to say Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter did this way better than it had any right to. But there's also going to be vampire on vampire clan wars and like I'm all in on this movie. Early prediction will that having this movie be the best of the four and probably the best of all eight. These clearly seem better than the first bunch of movies we got in 2020. I'll be super curious to see where Nocturne fits in the grand scheme of you know all eight movies coming out. October 8th also gives us a double dose of dread and hopeful delight, but I can't say hopes are super high for our Madres, which seems like a haunted farm story with a bunch of jump scares and maybe some cult stuff. I don't know. As y'all know from The Conjuring 3 talk, this just doesn't seem nearly as fun as the other three films on this list. And I'm not going to lie, the follow-up, you know, like with a name like The Manor, you kind of know what you're getting here. Now, I have to say this is another nursing home story, so not a real haunted house story. But people will probably die, and it will seem like maybe it's all of old age, and people seeing things that are shrugged off is not there until it's too late. This once again feels a bit predictable from the write-up summary. I'll stick with my hopeful Resident Evil reboot film for my haunted house horror, and maybe this new Netflix island horror from the people who made The Haunting of Hill House and Bly Manor still got to see Bly Manor. Like, if it made those shows, hopefully this will be good enough, too. Well, that will be good enough, too. I don't feel super confident in The Manor, but I do think Manor will probably be better than Madre. Only time will tell, though. I will definitely be watching all films, but I may be welcoming Blumhouse on October 1st and saying goodbye on October 8th. So here we go, folks. That's the start to horror season with a mixed bag of things from Freeform. I'll I'll put up a schedule graphic to keep you in the loop of that one. And once we get AMC Fear Fest, we'll get that out too. I'm sure we'll do a Blumhouse episode. I don't know when it will come out. Maybe in October, maybe significantly later, but... I'm happy we're back into horror season. And once again, we're not so far away from Halloween coming out to uh, theaters. So very excited for the remake sequel. I felt very highly about the 2018 one. Can't wait to see it. Also, just throwing it out there, Cruella, not as bad as uh, 
I thought it was going to be. It did feel like Joker light. You know, maybe we'll do a comparison of those two one day, but just throwing a little fun stuff out there in the same way that I was very excited for the Hawkeye winter trailer. You know me, I need some more festive superhero things, and it does seem like we're going to get some of that in the Spider-Man movie coming out in late December, but it was nice to see the Hawkeye winter setting that has, I think, rightly so drawn some uh, diehard comparisons, and I don't think that's a bad thing. So that's what I got for you today. A little bit of a smaller episode, but the hell's has been a very busy week, but I think it's an important episode as we get some calendar scheduling with how important that it will be with how busy everyone's schedules get as we move into school season and all the fun holidays at the fall and winter seasons bring for us. So that's all I got for me today, this podcast. But let me know what holiday horror films you're looking for from any of these marathons or something that you think was a mission. I really do think Scooby-Doo live action would be a great fit on the freeforms. And I do think they dropped the ball a little bit this year. So let me know what your big omissions are. That's the big one I want to hear from you. Let me know on social, knickknack underscore IC or knickknack movies. And you can hit me up, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I'll throw Tumblr, Pinterest. I'm on all the platforms apparently. And of course, check out my letterbox and let's connect on the best of the social media platforms for film lovers such as you and I. But that's all I got, so cheers, and until next time, cinephiles. Are you not entertained? I think this is going to be the beginning of a beautiful friendship. I don't like goodbyes. Let's just call this, see you later, alligator.